Welcome to the Dad Code Podcast, where real dads come for real talk and no BS. We are your hosts, Blake Melton and Bradley Newberry. Good afternoon, Bradley. Man, good afternoon. It's a glorious day. Yes, it is. To discuss some sports. Mm. What are we going to be talking about? Well, today we are going to be doing our 2021 SEC West prediction show. Mm. Yeah. There's bound to be some controversy. Of course. What we'll do, just give you a quick preview of the show. We'll talk about each team, how they fared last year. We'll discuss each team's coach, uh, players to watch for, and then just some general thoughts and notes about each team. But let's just jump right into it. We're going to start with the Ole Miss, whatever we call them. Yeah, I don't think we can call them by their uh, old name. Ole Miss. Uh, last year, they were 5-5 five and five overall, 4-5 and five in the SEC. <clears throat> their coach is Coach Lane Kiffin. Mm. He is 46 years old, and he has a scheduled salary of $3.9 million. The Lane train is in is in town. <clears throat> Full effect. Absolutely. Uh, this gentleman is an offensive-minded uh, coach, yep. as we've seen. He used to be the offensive coordinator there at Alabama. Yeah. At others. Had a lot of success. He's had a lot of success UT. with offense everywhere he's been. So Florida Atlantic. Yeah. I USC. Mean, Oakland Raiders. Well, sometimes it just doesn't translate. I mean, out of the SEC, this gentleman gets a lot of respect from Coach Saban, Coach O down in yeah. LSU. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, they have a lot to a lot of good things to say about him. Mm-hmm. Um he's he won two conference USA titles in three years at Florida Atlantic. It's impressive. So There's he's no doubt. He knows ball. Yeah. Right? He's a he. I mean, it's in his blood. I mean, his dad, Monty Kiffin. Golly, how many years did he coach in the NFL? Good grief. I mean, he's he's a legend in and of his, himself. So, yeah. yeah. Do you have any initial thoughts about so, Ole Miss? Yeah. You know, I, I think they're a solid team. You know, they, they lost their two good best receivers to the NFL draft. So they're going to have a, a new receiving core. Uh, Matt Coral, I guess is how you pronounce it. Coral Corral. But, um, mm. He had he he shows some promise, but he cannot throw as anywhere near as many interceptions as he did last year. Yeah. Um, and the defense just has to do better. I mean, they they gave up way too many points per game last year. You can't win in the SEC whenever you give up more than thirty points a game, no. in my opinion. So, not in this league. This the, is not yeah. Florida Atlantic. No. MTSU. No. This no. is this is defense wins games in the SEC. So. For me, it's all about can they can they reload yeah. at the at the wide receiver position? Can Corral or Coral, however I pronounce mm-hmm. it, can he get better in and of himself? And can the defense step it up? Because that has to happen for them to even have a chance, in my opinion. I completely agree. Um, this was statistically the worst defense in the SEC last year, um, allowing almost forty points per game, God, as we touched on. Um, the question marks are centered around the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the gentleman that's going to be touching the ball yep. the entire game. You can't win. This will be a theme, I'm sure. You can't win right. in the SEC without a quarterback that, that protects the ball. Now, I can tell you that a player to watch for um, last year and coming into this season, uh, Jerion Ely, he is a, believe it or not, he is a two-way Ole Miss sports star. Okay. So he, uh, not only in football, but uh, plays Ole Miss baseball. He yeah. was drafted. That's big-time baseball, baseball draft. too. That's yeah. big-time baseball. It really is, man. So this is an athlete 
Last year, he had 745 rushing yards, averaged 5.1 per carry, nine touchdowns, and he set the Ole Miss rushing record against Southeast Louisiana in 2019 by rushing for 273 yards. So just a name to remember, Ely. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss. We'll have to remember that one. I'm sure that that will be uh, a huge part of their success. I think so. If they're going to be successful, they're going to have to go through guys like that. So if they've got a young quarterback, young receivers, um, Mm -hmm. that's the easy thing to do is run the ball, quick screens. Uh, We may be seeing a lot of this gentleman's name. Yeah, I mean, running people, when you can gain those rushing yards, it definitely takes a lot of pressure off your quarterback and your receiving receiving core as well. So that's a quick rundown on Ole Miss, unless you had any other thoughts. That's all I got. All right, so uh, next we're going to talk about the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Last year, this team was four and seven overall, three and seven in SEC play. Um, their head coach is Coach Mike Leach. He is sixty years old, yeah. with a salary of five million dollars for this year. He is known for the air raid offense. Air raid. In two thousand and seventeen, he was nearly hired by hired by the UT Vols, yeah. except for uh, at the last moment, the AD got canned. Yeah, and uh, they went in a totally different direction at yeah. the last moment. Yeah. They were actually. I think dinner. that was almost a done deal. <clears throat> they were at the dinner table. I yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard too. But yeah, Mississippi State. Uh, for me, it's all about Mike Leach and the air raid offense. I mean. He's a guy. He's he, with his offense. He causes chaos everywhere he goes. He beats teams. He competes with teams that he's not supposed to be competing with, with teams that he shouldn't be competing with. Those teams. So, um, I think Mississippi State this year, uh, they could be a spoiler in the West for some people. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to win the West, but I can tell you that their style of offense, it's one of those that it could go either way. They get a lot of splash plays, a lot of lot of deep yeah. balls, a lot of. I mean, there's Mike Leach. There's nothing off the table, um, but they have to be better on turnovers. They have to be. They, they had a horrible turnover ratio last year, and uh, obviously defense. Once again, there's a theme here with the SEC. They got to play better defense. You know, you can't give up a, a bunch of points and you can't turn the ball over and put the pressure on your defense so often. Unlike Ole Miss, I believe Mississippi State has set themselves up for a better chance at playing defense. They really uh, showed pretty well, actually, in a very, very mm-hmm. tough SEC West. Yeah. When you're thinking about the likes of Alabama, LSU, Texas yeah. A&M. Yeah, hell, even Auburn. Well, the thing and the thing is, is is with these types of coaches, that's what you worry about, right? It's yeah. is are they going to be able to recruit defensive players? Are they going to be able to hire the right people? You know, is it is it on their mind? You know, it it has to be in the SEC because I mean, yeah. you know, some of these coaches that come from outside of SEC world, the SEC community, the SEC family, uh, they they may or may not understand that if you can't play defense, it doesn't matter how many points you can score. No. Yeah, I've got so, a nice quote from old, old Coach Leach. He says, quote, "Oh, there's a lot of them, I'm sure." Quote: "I think 12 teams, and this is in reference to a college football playoff. I think 12 teams is a huge step in the right direction, but I would like to see a 64-team playoff." That sounds like something he would say. <laughs> <laughs> everybody in, everybody, come on down. But oh, uh, man. man, some of the notes I wrote: uh, players to watch. Um, actually, from my research, the players to watch on Mississippi State are defensive players, believe it or not. Yeah. It's on the defense. They're linebackers and cornerbacks. 
Forbes and Emerson um, making all SEC honors. Mm-hmm. So uh, they've got some tools there. Yeah. The unknown is going to be that they're really young on the O side. Yeah. Um, nothing really stood out in my research about Mississippi I did, yeah. State. It wasn't, the I mean, offensive. I, I, yeah. It, it, they got to find a quarterback that can get the ball to their playmakers. And I mean, it, it sounds like their defense is poised to be better this year, yeah. but they, it's just a matter of does Mike Leach have what he needs to be able to reload on offense. And, and we know it's tough. I mean, it, I don't know if it gets any tougher than the SEC West, really. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, without a doubt, I don't think there's – I would love for someone to try to argue this is the most competitive comp- uh, division uh, in all of college football. West. I mean, yeah. good grief. Yeah. So, I don't think that's in dispute at all. You have anything else on no, Mississippi State? I don't. All right, we'll move on. Uh, next, we're going to talk about the Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, three and seven overall, three and seven in SEC play last year. Their head coach is Mr. Sam Pittman. He is fifty-nine years old. He is scheduled to make three million dollars this year. Um, he was a great recruiter at the University of Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, but can he coach? in the sec is the question yeah i know there's a lot of people that are really high on him so i think that there's um there's expectations there and and often with expectations sometimes people tend to buckle under those expectations but we'll see what ends up happening here i mean you know felipe franks he's gone now so they've got to be able to figure out this quarterback position again this is the sec you can't not have a quarterback that can get the ball to your playmakers um and that's really the to me. That's what it begins and ends with with them. Is is if they can't figure that out, then they really don't have much of a chance, in my opinion. But looking at their schedule, I mean, they have a schedule that they could probably do fairly well. Um, and I think this is another one of those teams that you know, if they can figure out that quarterback position, they could be one of those teams that might sneak up on some folks down the road. I completely agree. It's when you first look at the schedule, you're like, ah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, they've got a a low ceiling here right. but but then if you think about it mm-hmm. just if they strike hot with running back slash quarterback yeah some of those iffy games could turn the other way yeah and, I mean, and just a snap of a finger yeah they've got a few 50 50 games yeah. in my opinion yeah uh, so you mentioned quarterback uh, they will be led by young quarterback kj jefferson uh, they are returning uh Traylon burks wide receiver he was all sec second team so they have Potential there mm-hmm. for offense. I mean, again, the, the thing that they're facing is an SEC West schedule. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, gosh, it, it's a gauntlet for sure. I mean, what, I mean, because what we're saying is that their ceiling being so low, it's because of the conference they're in, really and truly. I mean, uh, the division that they're in within their conference, even. Yeah. So I mean. They're, they're, they got a, they have a tough run of it. I mean, yeah. but honestly, I don't think they're going to be nearly as bad as some people think that they yeah. might be. We'll see what we're, our predictions are a little bit later sure. on the show. Uh, many of the final thoughts before we move on mm-hmm. to the next. Nope. All right. We're going to discuss the Auburn Tigers next. Um, they were 6-5 and five overall, 6-4 mm-hmm. and four in SEC play. Um, their coach is Mr. Brian Harrison. Mm-hmm. 44 years old, first year to coach Auburn. He is scheduled to make $5.25 million. Woof. He coached. Open that pocketbook up. Now, now uh, unlike 
others. He's coached before, okay? So he's coached right. the last 10 years at Boise State where he went 64-17. and 17. Any initial thoughts about the Auburn Tigers? So I thought, personally, I thought it was a horrible, horrible blunder on the part of Auburn to let go, let Gus Malzahn go. I thought that was stupid. Um, there always tends to be a bit of a lull whenever you let a big coach like that go. He's implemented a very specific type of system, offensive system, man. And um, they're going to have to, they're going to have to rebuild quite frankly. I mean, it, it's, it's just a recipe for, for kind of a down year for, for Auburn, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, They've got a returning quarterback. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, they got some games that they can definitely win. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't have the talent level. I mean, they're Auburn. They're going to have talent. Um, Derek Mason's now their defensive coordinator for former you know head coach at Vandy. That'd be interesting. So, I mean, uh, I think he's probably going to have some good stock to work with there. Um, so, Anything can happen, but I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of interested to see how this one turns out because, uh, you know, I guess eight or nine win seasons, you know, they aren't acceptable at Auburn anymore, and particularly when you have a five or six win season, they think that that's a fireball offense. Mm. But I, you know, it's kind of tough for me to swallow. Well, but, when your cross state rival is Alabama, they're yeah. doing everything they can to find the yep. next Coach Saban for decades to come. Yep. So. I, it's very easy to try to turn it over there to try to find yeah, that leader to yeah. be the head coach Absolutely. of the team. Um, I, I wrote down player to watch. It just naturally starts with a quarterback, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bo Nix last year had 2,415 yards, 12 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Their running back will have a lot to do with their success or lack thereof as yeah. well. Mr. Tank Bigsby. Last year had 834 yards, yeah. six yards per carry. Yeah, he's good five touchdowns. Back. He's a really good running back. And, you know, Bo Nix, it's going to be interesting to see how he adjusts to a new system now. Um, I, I'm not a huge Bo Nix fan as far as how good or talented I, that he is or is not. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if he can adjust to the system that's being brought in now. So we'll just have to see. Well, I I really think that the key is going to be new coach. Yep. Quarterback. Then the running backs got a they got a shoulder. Don't and, they? and it's mostly it it's it feels kind of like a rebuild. It is. I mean, I mean little, like I said, a small it, reset. You've got to expect it, right? You've got to yeah. expect a little bit of a down year. Well, that's all I got on Auburn. That's all I got too. <laughs> I don't have much to say there. I all mean, right. like I said, we I think we're expecting a rebuild there. War Eagle. More F and Eagle. Moving on to LSU, the Bayou Bengals. Yeah. Last Eddie-o. year they were five and five, and also five and five in SEC play. They their head coach is Coach Ed Orgeron, yep. fifty nine years old, scheduled to make six million dollars. He mm-hmm. has a record of forty five and fourteen at LSU in the two thousand and nineteen national champions. Yep. So. Um, this is going to be the year, the year that Eddie O needs to prove himself. I mean, I know last year was a weird year with COVID and everything and playing an all-SEC schedule, but he's going to have to answer for what happened last year. He's going to have to uh, come up with something because uh, the, the, the talk about him being a flash in the pan 
is already started, you know. So, well, that defense was unacceptable. It was. That was I mean, not again, LSU. You can't defense. win. You're right. It's not. It's totally out of character for an LSU no. team to give up that many points. Their their offense was actually they scored some points, but you know, if you can't keep the other team from scoring, it's kind of tough. So, can they reload? Um, Good teams, elite teams like the Alabamas of the world, they reload every single year. This is going to be the year that Ed proves, can he reload or, or is he a flash in the pan, in my opinion. So one of the questions I wrote down before I did my research was, who's the quarterback? Coach O says they have two championship quarterbacks, but I argue. There's Newberry's rule here. I argue if you have two do you even have one? Boom. What are your, did you see anything on their quarterbacks? Man, uh, I'm with you. I mean, if you've got two quarterbacks, that means you have zero quarterbacks. In my opinion, 100%. I've, as a Tennessee fan, I've seen it many times. I've seen it as a Florida fan. So, I mean, uh, you can't – if you're trying to figure that crap out like in it. week three, you, you forget it. You're done. I don't like it. So, uh, so they got to figure that out first. So, look, they'll have a chance. Let me tell you what they open with. They open at UCLA, then versus McNeese State, versus Central Michigan before you enter SEC play, and even that's Mississippi State. So they're going to have at least a month to figure that out, right? Yeah. Before they get into the meat and potatoes. They, they will, but, I mean, I would think you would want your number one to get as many in-game reps as possible by then, and – Figuring it out in week three is not its not going to cut it when it, whenever yeah. you get into SEC play. Yeah, I've got their make-or-break month is when they play at home against Florida, at Ole Miss, at Alabama. It's Those in, three games could turn their season one way or the other. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you a game early on that might turn their season the wrong way, and that's their first SEC game against Mississippi State. Okay. We're going to find out really quick about that defense. But, like, here's the thing. <clears throat> so, defense may win early. And we just touched on it with Mississippi Maybe. State. That yeah. Mississippi State is returning a good defense. Yeah. So, if uh, offense isn't ready, that's, then we, we could be looking at a 17-16 game. That's what I'm saying. One way or the other. That's what I'm saying. And Mike Leach is the guy. He's, he's not going to play it safe. No. So air raid, air raid. <clears throat> but yeah, LSU. Uh, some other notes that I found on them: they are returning sixteen starters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The question mark is the big defense. Are they going to be able to turn it around on the defensive side? Are we going to see more of the same? Because the upper tier in the SEC West didn't get weak. No, and we still have Alabama. No. Well, that, like I said, this is the year that Eddie O <clears throat> proves that he is part of that upper tier, and right. if he if he he's got to be able to get that defense in order if he wants to be in that elite level. Yeah, so they've got the starters returning, so they're going to have plenty of ammunition there. Yep, um, they do a great job of recruiting. Yeah, because I it's mean, LSU yeah, and Coach right? O. There's a lot of <clears throat> you know nostalgia and and history and tradition there. I mean, oddly enough, the, one of the traditions is dominant defense. So, I mean, I, know. I can't imagine that they would stay with a bad defense yeah. for very long. Where's the D? Exactly. That's it. Moving on, uh, we're going to go to Texas A&M. Last year they finished 9-1 and one overall, 
eight and one in SEC play. Their head coach is Mr. Jimbo Fisher, 55 years old, set to make $7.5 million. He has a record of 26 and 10 while coaching Texas A&M. He was the 2014 national champion coach from Florida State University. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? I mean, literally, just about everywhere he's been, he's just been su- successful. And uh, you know, I don't. I, what I have to say about Texas A&M is very simple. I, I think of just a couple words, one of which is dominant. And uh, I mean, you look at their defense: nine returning starters on defense. That is going to be hard to deal with for wow. any team in the SEC West. Yeah, and I mean, offense. All their running backs are back, and most of the rest of their offense. Quite frankly, I mean, they got a lot of offensive guys coming back. This is Jim, Jimbo's opportunity to cha- to challenge Saban for the West. I don't know whether he can actually get over that hump, but this is this is a Texas A and M team that both the Texas A and M fans. And Jimbo Fisher has been waiting on for a long time to be able to actually challenge. So this is it. Uh, Their their biggest question mark as the team is their quarterback. Yeah, again. uh, Can they replace Kellen Mond? Kellen Mond drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. That's that's the biggest hole that they're going to have to fill. But everything you mentioned about running backs, receivers, defense, they're coming back, man. I remember – Isaiah Spiller running wild on the Gators. Uh, yeah. Isaiah Spiller returned. Yeah. He had over a thousand yards, five and a half yards per carry, nine touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, for the young quarterback, it's it's an ex, it's a scapegoat. Yeah. You yeah. just throw check the it flare, down, flare, check it down, check off, whatever they, it is, man. You got experience there at the running back position. He got some playing time last year man. too. I found some but, other team, some other names here. Um, all SEC first team defensive end Leal. Offensive tackle, Green, tight end, Weidermeyer. I mean, these are this elite. This is a loaded, loaded team. Elite with a capital E, man. Uh, the, week six, Alabama and Texas A&M, that is going to be a clash like none other. That yeah. we, It's going to be a clash like we haven't seen in a while. It, I have a feeling. Jimbo's choices are Zach – or Haynes will be replacing Kellen Mond. Uh, Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M officials are not happy at the chance of Texas potentially joining the SEC down the road. Yeah, I mean, it makes it interesting. You know, we talked about the SEC West being so competitive. Now we're talking about two teams joining that could potentially be in the West. And this is something we talked about on our our last uh, DDS. Someone was listening to our podcast. I know. We we talked about this. I I don't understand why there aren't other Texas teams in the SEC. We made room. We we eliminated two. But I'm telling you, SEC's like, nah, we're not eliminating. We're just going to keep adding. A super conference. Well, you know, and that's been talked about for a while, the super conference conversation. Mm. And, and, and this might be an entire podcast that we do at a later time because, honestly, I, I think there could be a case for that. Okay. But, look, so Blake mentioned huge game uh, versus Alabama. The, the mm-hmm. key is Texas A&M is at home against Alabama. That is huge. Um, now, here, here's two more that I have stars beside. Let's let's say they get past Alabama. They do it. Mm-hmm. I circled the last two games of the year. 
They are SEC matchups. One, you have at home against Auburn. You got to win that. But it's at the end of the year, so don't have that let down. Not at the end. And then you have to go. I'm sure it's going to be at night. LSU. You got to finish the season. Yeah. You can't win that one and then then you pump the brakes. Yeah. You got to keep going. Yeah, you got to. I, I'm, this is – I just have a personal feeling that we'll get into a little more in depth later, but I believe their wins this year will be unmerf- unmerciful and dominant. All right. I think they will have no mercy on anyone. Nice. I like it. Any other notes That's before all we I move got. to Alabama? That's all I got. Alabama, you're up. Last year you were 13-0 overall, 10-0 in SEC play. Head coach Nick Saban, 69 years old, $9.3 million. He has nine SEC championship titles, seven national championship titles. What more can we say about this guy? I mean, Wow. What can you say? I mean, coming off of one of, you know, one of probably the best college football teams we've ever seen last year. Um, But this year, I'm looking at domination in all facets of the game again. Could they have another Heisman Trophy winner in Bryce Young? Mm. Possibly. I mean, he's looking at a million-dollar endorsement deal right now. Yeah. I mean, good God, the entire offense got drafted, and we're talking about them <laughs> dominating again. It's absolutely insane. Six. But it's on that point. Six Alabama Crimson Tide players went in the first round. Yeah. Was, was only that the 32 most? Picks. Was that the most ever? I, th- I mean, it might be. It might have been. Somebody fact checked us, check us there. But uh, it's just another, it's another reload for Saban. The depth that they have at every single position is sickening. And honestly, it could – I don't know how they would do it, but maybe they, this could end up changing college football rules at some point because they are literally winning every single recruiting battle, every one of them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, their defense is loaded. I mean, they got the transfer from Tennessee, Henry To'o To'o. I mean, their linebacker core is probably going to be the best in the nation, if I had to guess. Uh, Bryce Young stepping up at quarterback. He got a lot of playing time because, I mean, it, it, things got out of hand really quickly yeah. last year in most games. So, I mean, he's he's got quite a few reps. And, I mean, with some of the players that they, they have and the projections they have on them and the way that they develop players, I, I have no reason to believe that their wide receiver core is just going to be another force to be reckoned with. It will be interesting to see. It's a little bit of a different type of quarterback. Yeah. Than what Nick Saban has, uh, the traditional pocket passer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be interested to see what does that look like. Uh, maybe it doesn't look any different at all. Maybe. Maybe they just maybe they just hand it off to Robinson, McClellan, Roy Dell Williams. Maybe they just go wild and with that big offensive line just stuff it down. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they've they've got those big bulldozers up front. It just it really doesn't. It literally I, my is, per, my personal opinion I, is it doesn't matter who it is if you're behind that offensive mm-hmm. line. But but then you add on that they're freaking amazing running backs on top of it, and they just run away from people. And I failed to mention Trey Sanders. I mean, there's another one. They yeah. got they got them coming out of everywhere. That's they what I'm saying, dude. It, it is incredible that how many players. He loses to the draft, but yet he always yeah. has four or five more in, in the in the cupboard. A depth, depth, depth. The SEC standard, as we mentioned, and uh, dare I say, the college football standard. Well, 
He definitely wins on the recruiting front with yeah. freshman defensive back Kool-Aid McKinstry. Kool-Aid. K-O-O-L hyphen A-I-D. Kool-Aid. That's awesome. I hope that he is an awesome player because I, I want to hear his name called a lot. Boy, they, so Alabama, <clears throat> just naturally being in the SEC, the games that I've highlighted is week three yep. against Florida. They have to go on the road to Florida yep. and a rematch of the SEC title game. Both teams are in similar positions transitioning at quarterback on paper yeah on paper we'll yeah. talk i'll talk more about florida on the sec East prediction yeah. show but uh that'd be a very interesting game um they, that's their first road game first sec game yeah. they will be tested to what extent i don't know yeah but uh then of course we've already highlighted the texas a&m game that's another road game yep on the road and then again the very last, last game, game of the year. man. It's another road game. It's, it does so at Auburn. That's my thing. Is is these are the trap games that sometimes these elite teams fall into. They cannot turn it off a game early, particularly in a rivalry game. I've, I yeah. always say this: nothing matters in a, in a rivalry game because people they play harder. The players play harder. The coaches coach harder. So I mean, it is one hundred percent. Uh, going to come down to can they stay focused yeah. all year. You are the SEC standard. We'll talk about our predictions in just a moment. But for now, we're going to go ahead and call our guest. Mr. Matthew Parker is going to chime in. Absolutely. With some SEC West thoughts and SEC predictions for the West. Hello. All right, Parker, you're live with us here. SEC West prediction show. Beautiful. Did you want to talk a little bit about uh, – the eliminator before we get started with Vanderbilt yeah. and Missouri getting kicked. <laughs> I would. You guys were going down the right path, but you ended up with the wrong team. Okay. Tell us more. I'm all about Missouri. I'm on board. But Vanderbilt, you can't kick out Vanderbilt. And I've got one reason. Well, I've got a lot of reasons why, but one reason that automatically protects 10 teams in the SEC. You cannot remove a founding member of the SEC from the early 30s, you just cannot remove any of those guys. Vanderbilt is protected from being an original founder. Yes, their facilities are awful. I went to every Tennessee Oilers game there in the late 90s, and then I went to a game a couple of years ago, and I didn't know there was any different (laughs) 20 years later. Uh, The team's dreadful. But another one of your arguments was that Vandy has no history, and I, I completely disagree with that. Vandy's got a, got a, a lot of a lot of history, honestly. I mean, they got Cullen, that Bill Wade, who was the first pick in the NFL draft, Tom Moore, Corey Harris, Will Wolford. They have a lot of people. You can't kick out an original founder. And on top of that, everybody needs a Vandy. We don't want a team <laughs> lead full of. Alabama's and Georgia's and Florida's and Tennessee. I want a Vandy on my schedule every now and then. I want to go to an away game where it's ninety percent of the fans. I know that's that's listed as a as a bad thing, but I feel it's a good thing. Every conference has that Vandy. Mm. The team that should be removed, other than Missouri, which one hundred percent on board, is South Carolina. South Carolina doesn't have history. They're brought in in the early 90s. South Carolina's greatest historic, historical person to do with, this, with their team 
is a head coach from another football team. Yeah. South Carolina has what? Clowney, Lattimore, Alshaw Jeffrey. Are you going like, to hang Blunt. your hat with them? Hmm. The, the, the best thing about South Carolina was George Rogers back in the late 70s. He won the Heisman. But that was 12 years before before they ever joined the SEC. So, Abo Vandy in. Okay. And South Carolina. I, I definitely uh, respect yeah. the uh, – man, the argument was fantastic. So, so yeah, that was a great argument. And we actually kind of hinted on something a little bit like this at lunch today because we were like, you know, why are they even still here? And I got to think, I was like, yeah. you know, they, they were, I think they were one of the first Started SEC it. teams. So yeah. that, that actually makes it – and I also, you know, as you were saying all that, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, because one of my big arguments on a lot of these teams is which one of these teams – do I want to go to their stadium? And though I don't really care to go to Vanderbilt Stadium, why would anybody not want to come to Nashville? West End, man. It's great. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, it, it, it's a huge draw. So, with that being said, I mean, your argument for South Carolina, I think, is a very valid one. I think it was one of them we, we eyed very closely during that yes. during that discussion. And uh, I, I personally – It may just be a lot of us from the Middle Tennessee – Middle Tennessee area, just wanting Vanderbilt's administration to do something. Yeah. You know, I think you guys are right. And I actually am kind of a fan of the new administration. I think they're going down the right path. The new coach, I just, I mean, how many, you know, we talk about with the Jacksonville and, and, and you know, you get the first overall pick, everything seems happy and, 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 and with new things. Um, but I actually think this one might be the right hire for Vandy. I mean, he, he was a coach there. He's a, you know, I'm not coach there. I'm sorry, player there, mm-hmm. student there, and knows what it takes. I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for it. So we're doing the SEC West right here. Um, go ahead with your thoughts and predictions for the West. I'll start this bottom going up. All right. Seven. I've got Arkansas at five and seven, which I also consider for the elimination, by the way. We did too. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely could consider consider them for that. Arkansas, they're going to be last. I mean, they've got a promising quarter, quarterback there. The only really good thing that I've got with Arkansas, all five offensive linemen are back. Cohesion is the king with offensive line. Although they're not great, they're all returning. So that's, you know, it's a lot side for them. Coming at sixth, I've got Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State is probably the toughest in the West for me to pick. I mean, Mike Leach there. They've got another year for the air raid to figure it out. They finished three and seven, I believe, last year. But to get to three and seven, they won their last two games. Mm-hmm. So it's a really tough one to see where that one's going. But I do like the direction that they're going. What What was y'all's thoughts on Mississippi State? So Mississippi State, um, we called out that their defense showed out a little better than what we thought, and, and maybe even remembered. So that's the first good starting point here. Um, unfortunately for both Arkansas and Mississippi State, you know, they just find themselves in the SEC West. Yeah. It's, it's not a very easy schedule just because you're yeah. there. They're two teams trying to rebuild their programs in, in, in the toughest division in college football. Um, I'm with you on the on the defense because the, the defense was sneaky good yes. last year. In the SEC, I believe it was fourth in yards allowed mm-hmm. in all the SEC. Their starters are great, but their depth is not very good. And but it's going to be their starters are very are they are very good. Coming in at five, I have got the Auburn Tigers. 
You got a new coach there. O-line's a major issue. They lost their top three pass catchers from 2020. Mm-hmm. I know their coach is known for, for bringing up quarterbacks. So I'm optimistic that he can help Bo Nix. I know they've got a big transfer from LSU and TJ Finley. So I, I, it's a lot of unanswered questions, but a lot like Blake said, I'm their biggest thing is they're playing in the SEC West. Yeah, and we mentioned that they have a month that could swing it from a five-win team uh, all the way up to maybe an eight-win team when you go back-to-back-to-back at LSU versus Georgia at Arkansas. That month is going to be crucial right there. It's brutal. I mean, it's it's absolutely brutal. It's uh, murderer's row stretch. I mean, the, the next one I've got, so we go from five Auburn to fourth, to Ole Miss. Um, super high-powered offense. They did lose Elijah Moore. Uh, their defense is a major problem. If that offense scores 39 points a game, they'll <laughs> lose every game because their defense gave up 40 points. Yep. Uh, they all, the offense isn't to go without blame. I believe they had 18 turnovers last year. So mm-hmm. Ole Miss is going to figure, figure it in eight and four for me. Number three, I'm expecting a major rebound from LSU. What about you, fellas? I could see LSU kind of all over the map for different predictions. So LSU is going to be uh, – Blake mentioned it on the podcast. Uh, it's going to test Coach O this year. Um, we're going to test his depth. We're going to test his hiring ability, mm-hmm. his adaptability with the defense. The defense was totally unacceptable. Uh, LSU right. is one of those teams where you come – come down to the bayou at night and you get punched in the mouth. Yep. But people were going down to the bayou at night and they were just having fun. Exactly. This is another one of those teams that I think that they, there is such a huge gap between floor and ceiling as to what their record could look like. I mean, because I think coach O is on a, a mission this year because he wants to be considered one of those elite level coaches. And I mean, quite honestly, LSU, should be in a whatever that means should be an elite level uh college football team and and the defense last year just did not prove it and i know it was a covid year and things were weird but that's not acceptable at lsu so this he's gonna have to answer for that this year i agree i think they go 10 and 2 they also if you remember since the world ended last year and it's hard to remember anything from the year prior when they won the national championship i think they only had five starters back from 2019 to 2020. So they take a major hit not having a full offseason to get everything together. I think they get it together this year. They have the best cornerback duo in the country. And, and Bradley, you mentioned it. Yeah. People are going down to, to LSU and punching them in the mouth. They need to be able to punch people in the mouth with their run game. Last year they only averaged 3.3 yards per carry. And for a team that's known for just offensively over the last few years, that is unacceptable. And, you know, we'll talk about this when we do some NFL talk, but uh, what's the best way you can help out a struggling defense? Run the rock. That is right. Run the rock. Keep the clock going. I wouldn't uh, know anything about that as a Titans fan. I guess you would. <laughs> <laughs> so, but to your point, they do have 16 starters returning, but show us the defense. Yep. Where's the D? Let's go. Uh, All right, number two, guys, right. and I honestly thought about putting this one number one. Number two, I have got Texas mm. A&M. I've got Texas A&M actually going undefeated right. until their last three games where they lose two of their last three. I have them losing to Ole Miss um, and LSU. Uh, like we were talking about Ole Miss earlier, 
I, I do think Ole Miss is going to jump up and bite somebody, like unexpectedly. And I believe that is going to be Texas A&M. They're only one spot from the playoffs last year. They got one of the best backfields in college football. Jimbo Fisher, I mean, I'm not too worried about who's throwing the ball. He's known for developing somebody like that. They do have to replace four offensive line starters. And the defense, the defense is legit. It's one of their strengths. Yeah. You know, last oh, year, big time. Nine returners. Two, what was that one? Was nine, that one? nine returners. Nine returning they, defensive they, players. And they only allowed two teams to pass for more than 200, 240 yards against them all mm. of last year. Um, I believe that they will beat the number one team, Alabama. Wow. Alabama will have one loss. It will be to Texas A&M. Um, what can you say about Alabama? You know, I mean, uh, Nick yeah. Saban, uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, it's where, it's where people – uh, that have gone awry in their career go and, and completely restart it. Lane Kiffin, this year Bill O'Brien. Uh, I'm not worried about Bryce Young. They've obviously a lot of, lost some defensive players with Sertain and, and Barmore, but it's Alabama. They're going to have every everybody there. And and this is kind of a side note of, of why I think they're going to be number one. If you all saw from SEC Media Days, you know, they're talking about trying to have 80% of the teams vaccinated, and I believe it's four out of the 14 have that now. Um, and Alabama is one of the, the teams that have more than 80%. There's going to be forfeitures this year. I, I believe that because they're not going to move stuff around a lot like the NFL no. is. No. And, and you're going to have some of these teams that are just going to lose because they're not allowed to play. And and just do what Nick Saban's doing. Everybody, cause he, knows the, he obviously knows the path. Um, and just by having that number, I think it, it might bottle win. Beat me? Yeah. yeah. But would it even matter? I mean, they were just coming to no, the slaughter no, no, anyway. Exactly. But it may give them another – my point, though, is it may give them a whole other week's rest. Boy, you know, they may play yeah. yeah, that, that could change a lot of things this year, for those forfeitures. It, it absolutely could. So, I think Alabama comes out of it. I do think it's a, uh, really a two-team race. And I, I would not be shocked, though, if A&M – uh, ended up doing no, that. So that's, I, I it's interesting that you called out uh, Texas A&M projected to beat Alabama, and uh, yep. we haven't given our thoughts yet, but I'll go ahead and admit right now, I have Texas A&M beating Alabama in that game. Yep. But I called out to Blake earlier when we were previewing these teams, when you if you when you beat Alabama, you can't have that letdown game. No. You can't take a breath. You got to keep going, keep trucking. You're right. Uh, I found something interesting with Alabama was I didn't even realize until I did this research. Their their first SEC game is on the road in Gainesville. Yeah. The swamp. Yeah. I did not know that. They're going, they're at Florida. Uh, Of course, I got the star next to they're at Texas A&M. And then in the season at Auburn, all three of those are road games with a new quarterback. Not to say they're going to get tested very much, but it leaves the yeah. door a little open there, a little cracked. Yeah. The one thing about – you're right about that letdown game because that is big with Alabama. Texas A&M does have one of the one of the teams that shouldn't be in SEC afterwards at Missouri, <laughs> so they should be yeah. able to handle that. Yeah, they're playing a high school team. So we can review oh, it. There's... Yeah, let's review. So we've got you with uh, Alabama 11-1, and Texas right. A&M 10-2. and LSU ten and two, Ole Miss eight and four. I missed the records for Auburn and Mississippi State. Uh, 
seven and five. Seven and five. Seven and five, and Arkansas and five and seven. Five and seven. Correct. Well, I I definitely thank you for taking the time to give yeah, us man. some insight. It sounded really great. Uh, we'll call you back here, and uh, we'll do some SEC East as well. Sounds good, fellas. All right. Let's back in. Enjoy. Okay. <laughs> thank you. All right. All right. That was uh, Matthew Parker. Thank you for your yeah. insight and information there. That was fantastic. But uh, it's time. Yep. It's time for the Dad Code presenting the SEC West 2021 predictions. And we can do it just like that yeah. if you if you want to start with the bottom or if you want to go team by team. I don't care. Man, it doesn't really matter to me. Honestly, I'll probably end up changing some of my records as we go because there are just some of these teams like we've talked about. They've got so many 50-50 games that it, it could go anywhere. Right. Or anyway, rather. Yeah. So uh So what do you what do you have? Uh I got Auburn here. I'm on Auburn right here. So we'll just start right. with that. Auburn. Uh Auburn, I mean, I expect to be a down year. I expect it. I've got them at five and seven, two and six in conference. Do you have a range? I do. Or is that I've got you... a I've got a floor of I think they're I think that is their floor. I think five and seven is their floor, but I think they could be as good as eight and four. Um, They've just got some of those games, um, you know, like like an Ole Miss, um, like like an LSU. Honestly, I mean, could they win a couple of those two games? Could they sneak up on Alabama? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, But that remains to be seen. Yeah. I am fearlessly predicting Auburn to be right in the middle. A 500 football team at six and six it's very is possible. my prediction, which mm-hmm. will land them one, two, three. I guess that would be fifth. Yeah. Land them fifth in the SEC East yep. at six and six. Okay. All right. I'll just turn as I go here. All right. I got Arkansas next. Right. I've got them again. At, I got them at five and seven also. Oh, excuse me, at six and six. I'm sorry, six and six. Um, a game better. Yeah, Auburn. I do. I think they're going to sneak up and, and bite some folks. I think their floor, they could be as bad as three and nine. I think they could be as good as seven and five. Um, but I think they're going to be a middle-of-the-road team. There's a chance that they could sneak up and bite some folks, like Parker was saying. Um, could they sneak up on Ole Miss? Maybe. Um I've got them uh, potentially upsetting Auburn. You know, I don't know if that will really be an upset or not this year, but uh, I think some people will view it as such. Uh, and LSU, I mean, LSU is a big – that's a big question mark. Um, and there's questions as to whether or not they'll actually beat Missouri or not. So, yeah, I've said earlier that this record swings in the last month of the year when yeah. Arkansas has Mississippi State, LSU, Alabama, and Missouri. Um, I am predicting Arkansas to go four and eight this year, which will put them, just as Parker had them, in last place in mm-hmm. the SEC West. I could see that. I could definitely see that. All right, next I have LSU written down here. I've got them going seven and five this year. Okay, so Parker was pretty bullish. Parker had them at ten and two. Yeah, he did. I'm kind of a little more middle of the road here. I'm not so convinced that Ed Ogeron can turn things around this year. Uh, I 
I personally like Ed Ogeron as a coach. I think uh, I think that he's a perfect fit for LSU. Now their floor, I think, is six and six. So they're pretty cl- that's okay. pretty close to their floor. But they're high. I could they could go ten and two. They could. I mean, they could uh, they absolutely could, turn. They could it around. get hot and go eleven and one. I mean, uh, the talent. They, they always have the talent. So it's a matter of putting all the pieces together at this point. So I mean, it's just a matter of. Can they win the big games? Can they win the games that they're supposed to win and not let anybody sneak up on them? Look, I have them going third in the SEC West. I'm predicting LSU to go eight and four. And I just think that uh, until you prove it to me, I think they're going to slip up against Florida, Alabama, Texas A&M, and one more along the way is what I'm predicting. But uh, I agree. They they could swing anywhere from – I mean, maybe I, seven and five all the way up to 10. Wins. Yeah. I mean, it just depends. I mean, because there's other teams out there that might sneak up on them. Yeah. I've got Mississippi State upsetting them. So, okay. We'll just have to yeah. see how much yeah. of an upset that actually is this year. But I think they're coming in third behind gotcha. the two big boys. Uh, let's see. I've got uh, Mississippi State next. Okay. I've got them at seven and five, three and five in conference with a floor of four and eight. They could go as high as nine and three. But I think that that nine and three is very, very much a pipe dream. I don't think that they're going to beat all those teams in there. I don't think that they're going to really be able to compete with the Texas A and M's and the Alabamas of the world. They could pre- prove me wrong, uh, as we've said that you know uh, Mike Leach is known for causing chaos. So I mean, it's just a matter of how good that defense is and can they correct all the turnovers. Yeah, I think the defense will be. Fine, but tested, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. They have a stretch of LSU, Texas A&M, and Bama. Yeah. One, two, three. That's tough. Can you survive? And I'm not talking about win one of those. I'm just, can you come out of that stretch mm-hmm. healthy, alive, to be able to win the rest of the games? I'm forecasting Mississippi State five and seven. Okay. And uh, I, I think that they – I'm thinking that the best for Mississippi State would be 50-50, 6 and 6. Yeah, I had them I had them upsetting Ole Miss in the last game. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. And speaking of Ole Miss, I got Ole Miss next. Right. I actually have them down as 9 and 3. Okay. Bullish. I am I'm bullish on on Old Lane Kiffin this year. Parker had them at 8 and 4. Uh, I've got them with a floor of six and six, so they could actually be significantly worse, in my opinion. And they're almost to their ceiling because I have their ceiling is at ten and two. Um, it is one hundred percent going to be dictated by can Matt Corral not throw so many interceptions this year. Um, uh, it's what it's all going to come down to, honestly. I mean, can they win these games that they're supposed to win? You know, can they beat a Tennessee team? You know, things like that. The going to Knoxville. I mean, that's that's going to be a big game for them. Uh, I have them being upset by Mississippi State, uh, but uh, there's there's a lot of there's a, a couple games on here like the LSU game, the Auburn game. I've got them winning those two, but it could go either way. They could drop those very easy. Yeah. I uh, completely agree. There's maybe unlike any other that we've done so far, I, I feel like they jump out the gates with three and zero, and then I see the end of their schedule with Vandy and Arkansas. I, I've got them winning both of those. You got a toss up game 
the rivalry with Mississippi State, um, the swing game kind of in the middle of having to travel to Tennessee, Lane Kiffin returning to mm-hmm. Knoxville, mm-hmm. a place that he burned a lot of bridges, mm-hmm. a swing game. Uh, I, I'm going to just forecast. I'm going to teeter, can't bring it back just a little bit because I'm afraid of the number eight. So I'm going to go seven and five for Ole Miss, good for fourth place in the SEC West. Okay. All right. Texas A&M. University. I've got them going 11 and 1, 7 and 1 in conference. I've got a low for them at 9 and 3. I do not think that they will at all approach that 9 and 3 record. They could be 12 and 0. They could if they can pull it off against Alabama and stay focused for the rest of the year. I think that they could it's not outside of the realm of possibility that they could go undefeated. Yeah. So Parker had them at 10 and 2. Yeah. I think ten and two, but winning Alabama is what he said. Yeah. So I've got them winning against Alabama, but losing somewhere along the way. I've predicted them to go eleven and one, and being the SEC West representative in Atlanta because of the head-to-head game. I think both Alabama and Texas A&M have the same record. Okay. I think they both have the same amount of SEC losses, which comes okay. down to the head ver- head to head. Yep. And I'd say Texas A&M wins it all. Absolutely. So eleven and one it could happen. I've got you projected to be number one in the SEC West. Wow. And then the Alabama Crimson Tide. I've got them as twelve and 0, 8 and zero in SEC play. I mean. It's for me. It's going to come down to the Texas A and M game. I don't really see many teams other than maybe the Auburn game because it's a rivalry game and everything kind of goes out the window when it's the rivalry uh, that maybe they could slip up. I mean, going to Florida is their first on road SEC game. Yeah, that that could be a pretty early test, but I think that they'll handle it pretty well. I just have my personal opinion is is Texas A and M and Alabama are a distant first and second compared to the rest of the SEC West. I couldn't agree more. And uh, my prediction shows exactly that. I think they have the exact same record as Texas A&M at 11-1, and as much as it pains me to predict that they're going to beat Florida Gators in Florida. But (laughs) the Gators are going to have to prove it. We'll we'll talk more about them later. But I've got them going 11-1. and The only slip-up that I projected was at Texas A&M, and Mm -hmm. therefore – because of the tiebreaker, Alabama does not make it to the SEC title game, however, firmly in the playoffs, national title playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, man. I um I think the the picture is uh is definitely getting clearer as we're getting closer to the season. Um I think we had some pretty similar opinions here. Yeah. Uh I think it's pretty important to to point out that, you know, we're we give these ranges for a reason because I mean, there's there's a few teams in the West in particular that it, there's so many 50-50 games it could go either way, yeah. and then there's a few teams that I think are dangerous. They're dangerous, but they're not really good. They're not going to threaten to win the, the West. They're just dangerous to teams like Alabama and Texas A&M that yeah. they might bite some of these some of these elite teams. Absolutely. Um, as we uh, wrap up the show here, we'll go ahead and show you. On one slide here, all three of our predictions between mm-hmm. myself, Blake, and Matthew Parker. Uh, we thank you so much for taking the time to hit play and download the podcast. The Dad Code presents DDS. 
the 2021 SEC West Prediction Show. Y'all be well. Thank you.